Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to series two of the Deliciously Seller podcast, Deliciously Seller on the Job. Today, I am talking to the lovely Georgina Hayden. Now, Georgie is a food writer, stylist, and illustrator who now works with Jamie Oliver. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. So we're going to start from the very beginning. Where does your passion for food come from? Well, it comes from my family and uh, they had a restaurant for almost 30 years. Um, So one side of my family had a restaurant, the other side had a deli and essentially everyone lives and breathes for food in my family so I sort of had no hope really did I no chance of doing anything else Um, and I was born upstairs above the restaurant not actually born upstairs but in a hospital (laughs) down the road and then I lived above the restaurant just to clarify Um, but yeah we spent all our lives sort of in the kitchen and cooking and that's what we did really what kind of restaurant was it um it was greek so my family are greek cypriot so it was um a big taverna proper authentic so my grandparents moved over to london in the sort of 50s um and it was in tufnell park and it was just a proper proper greek taverna you know open kitchen grandparents shouting at each other you got the full experience it was no frills i mean it was brilliant paper tablecloths always rammed um, and just lots of meats, lots of like homemade dips. And my granny did everything. They were, they were brilliant. I love dips. Oh my God. Oh my God, I should have brought you something. I did bring you something, but I didn't bring you dip. Oh What? No. You, did you not think ahead? This girl must love dip. Oh no, we didn't. She makes the best tamasal art in the world, but well, sorry. So did you always know? You always knew you wanted to work in the industry in some way, I guess. Do you know what? I didn't. I wasn't, I was clearly, uh, I was very academic, but not clearly not the sharpest tool in the shed because um, I think food was so ingrained in me that I didn't really realize it was what I wanted to do because it was just so much part of my life I was like well everyone loves it that much right that's just normal um and every teacher and you know they're like you're very creative do art do art so I actually studied fine art and I'm technically a painter but then essentially sort of during my degree I was like whoa 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 not everyone's reading delicious magazine and (laughs) good food maybe that's not normal and that's when I questioned it when I was studying um and then I was like, oh, maybe I should pursue the food thing. You know, I had a farmer's market stall, still didn't click that maybe I wanted to do food. It was just another way to earn money because I liked making cakes, basically. So did you train professionally as a chef? No, I didn't. I did a few courses and um, and yeah, I basically went straight into uh, publishing. So sort of food magazines, Delicious, Sainsbury's, etc. And I became that in-house assistant and just learnt on the job and... Um, and then I've been with Jamie for Jamie Oliver for ten and a half years, and again, sort of started right at the bottom and sort of learnt on the job there. So, never went to catering college, but 
we're a real mix in our sort of team like some have and some haven't I don't think it always I think enthusiasm is the most important thing yeah and enthusiasm for food basically if as long as you like food and want to eat and just live and breathe food then I think you're right then yeah so amazing that you work with Jamie Oliver that's so cool do you work really closely with him yes yeah I do so what's like a typical day for you do you know what that isn't a typical day just now off air we were chatting about my office and I sort of was like yeah that's kind of where my desk is and actually I'm a bit homeless because the day's really varied one day we can be um, developing the new book so you'll sit down and there'll be like an intimate team of us and we'll be developing and throwing around ideas for his new book and bouncing off each other another day like last week we had a huge Christmas shoot so I was decorating a 13 foot Christmas tree um, making paper chains and dressing a, a very bland set to make it his kitchen with all of our kit and our props another day I'll be you know cooking for a shoot um plucking turkeys it's just it's quite varied so what's the best bit is it the writing styling oh I can't pick I think I'm I'm by nature quite uh fickle's probably the wrong word but maybe quite accurate I'm quite energetic and I get bored easily so I can't pick one thing and I think that's why I love the job because I'm constantly doing something differently so like one day I'll be writing and I'll just completely love that and then the next day I'll be cooking and developing and I'll completely love that and then I'll be styling and that'll be my favourite thing but I think if I had to just do one I'll get bored so I'm fascinated by food styling yes like what do you actually like paint stuff with varnish (laughs) like can you eat it all at the end um okay yes people do do that we don't because um so for Jamie very much you know, he wants people to go away and be able to cook what he cooks. So the food we cook with him always has to be edible because also he wants to, you know, if we tend to say, oh, Jamie, you can't eat that because we put varnish on it, he'll just be like, what the hell? Why have you put varnish on it? That's not real. So with Jamie's stuff, it's always completely edible and it's never been messed with. But in the bigger food styling world, mm. absolutely, there is also, like, olden day stuff with stuff like mashed potato as ice cream, that doesn't happen anymore. But yeah, people still paint stuff. That actually happened. They used to, I think like in the 80s, before my time. So I've been doing it 11 and a half years now and I've never seen mashed potato. That's, I think that's dead and gone. But yeah, that totally happened. That's insane. Get, get like, you know, Marks and Spencer's old cookbooks. Mm-hmm. If you ever see them in mm-hmm. Oxfam or whatever, have a look and you'll start seeing things differently. But even now, yeah, stuff still happens. Like people paint turkeys with, um, oh, so if you want to paint poultry to like, make it darker and glossy and whatever you can't really paint the skin because it's too fatty so you have to mix marmite with washing up liquid and it's the only way to get it to stick onto the skin once it's cooked you can't paint a raw turkey i mean that's just mental but like if you cook a turkey you know how like they come out a bit patchy uh sometimes they're not always like perfectly bronzed yeah you've got to fake it fake it till you make it fake it there's marmite there's foil washing up liquid there's you know my toolkit looks a bit like a doctor's kit there's scalpels skin guard blades syringes you buy it all from pharmacies and actually once I don't know I literally I used to really so I used I went on holiday basically after a shoot it was on a Friday and I ran straight to the airport I stupidly had my kit with me and I don't know how I got through security because it's all like different tweezers and stuff Mm. and they didn't say anything and when I got to Hong Kong they questioned me there and I was like well I'm a doctor and they were like oh okay great I was like oh my god if anything happens on the plane I'm absolutely screwed my friend got stopped the other day in Dubai airport and they opened up her bag and there was just a giant dildo in there and she said that she's never been so mortified in her entire life (laughs) oh my god what did she say she was just like 
Oh. <laughs> and she was just like, I can't believe you've stopped me. I'm here with my boyfriend. My boyfriend's in a wheelchair and you've like oh, made God. me open up my suitcase. Like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. She was so embarrassed. I'd like... You'd be mortified, wouldn't you? I can't, I can't even, I don't even... You know, yeah, that that definitely be. She was like, imagine if I wasn't with him because she had like loads of his medication that he takes, and like, like, you would have to say like, my first thought would be like, I'm on a hen do or something. Like, what would you say? I mean, I don't know. I went on a hen this weekend. Oh God, go on. I'm not. I'm not a big hen fan. No, I'm not a big hen fan. It was actually as hens go. It Mm. was. It was pretty good. It was all right. Like everyone was really nice. We went to Louis Bonfire night. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. There were like Donald Trump effigies everywhere. Brilliant. Set that stuff alight. A little bit racist though. Oh God. There was there were some people in blackface. Really? Yeah, and like loads of Native Americans. What? Yeah, it was really... In Lewis? In I'm Lewis. really surprised. Yeah. I mean, I hear about that stuff like near where my husband's from, which is Lancashire. There's um, a dance troupe. I'm probably getting this wrong. I should probably stop talking. But I'm surprised about Lewis. Mm. Yeah. They were quite liberal. Anyway. I was pretty horrified. Pretty yeah. horrified. I also ate some really dodgy food off the side of the road. Oh, just like a still, really, still the price for a, yeah, a really offensive sausage. <laughs> like you know, when you look at it and you go, "You should not be doing I'm that." I'll see you again tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll see you later. Yeah, sounds like a good Hindu. Yeah, I know it was. I'm on one this Saturday. Are you? Yeah, I've had ten weddings this year. Oh my I'm God. at the. Uh, I'm. I'm probably when I say that to people, they look at me and I can see them all going. Aren't you a bit old to be going on that many Hindus? But our our group of friends are clearly just still having, I mean, too much of a nice time. We've figured out we've still got at least 10 weddings to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all just parting hard still. So, yeah, 10 weddings this year. I've only just started on the yeah. hens. You're young. Yeah. You're, 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 you're a spring chicken. I went to a hen that was pony club themed once. Oh, my God. Are you joking? Nope. What 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 did you do? I obviously oh I couldn't find jobbers in Sports Direct in Hackney, oh so I went as My Little Pony, and then I of got there. You did. Why wouldn't you? That was exactly what I thought. And, yeah, of course. <laughs> I went as My Little Pony, and then I got there, and everybody else is wearing like their dad's racing outfits. Oh no! And everyone was so what, posh. Serious yeah. pony club. Yeah, serious pony club. Like we sat on hay bales, we ate polos. Did you actually go horse riding? Um, no, but someone had ordered a Shetland pony to come to the door. Oh my god, that's too much. But then the pony's owner broke their arm. So the pony didn't turn oh. up. Oh no! So you all just sat around. So then we got a strip. But then we got a stripper in the end. That just is completely fine. Imagine if the stripper and the Shetland pony. It's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> too much. Have <laughs> a stripper and a pony. You can't have both. Can't that's have a just, stripper and a pony at a party. That's too much in one end. Back to food. So food. apart from Jamie, who's obviously been a massive influence on you, who are your biggest influences food-wise? Um, both my grannies. I know that's like dead cheesy and I should probably say someone really cool, but de- both my grannies are incredible. So I've still got one. The grandparents that own the restaurant are still alive and they live down the road and I cook with them. I cook with her. Um, my granddad, he's not allowed in the kitchen, only to wash up. Um, and they're absolutely brilliant and she cooks all day, every day still. She's only 74 and she's ninja. So I still cook with her and then my other granny um, passed away not that long ago but even up to the day she died she was you know incredible they they were both the most fantastic cooks so um, and to be fair my mum's incredible she's sort of lost the will to live a bit in the last few years just because my dad's become so fussy and she just you know he only eats fish and she doesn't like fish and I mean you can see there's a whole problem there already but my um, but my grand grandmas are amazing so they're yeah your dad only eats fish. So my dad's a pescatarian. Yes. And um, 
so basically, we owned this meat restaurant for 27 years, and he used to eat so much meat that someone turned, I must have been about like nine years old, someone turned to him and said, I bet you can't go for a month without eating meat. Like, he was like meat three times a day, man. And um, he was like, I bet I can. And he did it, and he felt so good afterwards, he's never eaten meat since. So that was... 25 years ago so he only eats fish um and my mum can't stand fish so the only common ground they have are prawns which is a very salty and expensive diet so what's your diet like is it just like really varied my diet's really varied i was veggie for um a long time around the same time as my dad just because i was a bit of a picky kid and i didn't love meat and um and i just loved animals so much and i didn't learn to drive and i was all a bit you know it's my living in Camden and stuff and I was like oh no I don't want to touch animals um, and then I went the opposite way and now I eat everything um, I've done the opposite to the whole health movement clearly everyone else is there cutting back on meat and I'm like yeah give me a steak um, but I I would say my diet's really good like I generally probably have a naturally quite balanced diet I would say I eat relatively healthy maybe 70% of the time other 30% of the time I don't care I love a lot I love cheese it's my favourite thing in the world love carbs I yeah there's nothing I don't eat so do you think that food fads affect the world of like styling and writing a lot yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah yeah yeah. you have to be um yeah you have to be really you know you have to know what's going on just because you know I might not have written a book that is based around kale or you know but I have to be totally aware and as as a writer you have to know what the trends are and what's going on and be aware of it and you know the likelihood is someone might give me a brief that wants to be a bit healthy or whatever so I have to be able to um, do that and be adaptable also Jamie's been studying nutrition so Mm. we're all quite heavily trained now Um, and I would say my nutritional knowledge is quite good as a result which means you know I probably naturally eat a bit better but at the same time means I'm not going to give up bread did clean eating affect anything? Oh, God. Not in our world. I guess it did in a way, because obviously we're sort of being a bit healthier as a company. And, and I think the, the main thing, clean eating bothers me um, immensely, because quite frankly, I think as long as you're cooking something from scratch, then why is that not good for you? It's better than a ready meal, isn't it? If you're getting raw yeah. ingredients and you are putting them together and making yourself a meal, how is that not a good thing? And the likelihood is the people that are eating very sort of you know what would be considered dirty foods are there or takeaways and ready for meals right they're not going home and making themselves these burgers from scratch if you make something from scratch the likelihood is you're naturally going to eat better i think so the clean eating thing really annoys me but having said that obviously we do have a bit of a obesity problem in the country and i think that's a whole different ball game i think like sugar and that stuff is different and that is serious but i think clean eating is a bit ridiculous so I came into a meeting at Jamie Oliver once yeah. and there was a fruit bowl and in the fruit bowl was avocados. Mm. Have you ever eaten an avocado in a meeting? Yeah, so I just peel it. Just have a little gnaw. Do you not? Know I've got just, one with me. So just sometimes, you know, if you're a bit hungry, you just peel an avocado. No, no. we get, um, <laughs> no, we have breakfast at work. So uh. we have like something called Breakfast Club. So um, they provide really lovely sourdough and breads, grain breads and stuff at work. And um, they encourage people to come a bit earlier and make breakfast. So you'll find people have like avocado and toast for breakfast. Yeah, because I genuinely thought that some people might go in, peel it and eat it like a pear. I mean, I, I, sure. I, do you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they do. I've never seen that though. I'm not going to lie. No. No. 
I, mean, I might I might start a trend. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should be the first person. <laughs> just see, actually, just see what happens. Just casually, just be like, just sorry guys, hold on. Do you mind if I just? Uh... It shouldn't be me. They'll be like, yeah, deliciously. Stella <gasps> came God, in earlier and uh, she peeled an avocado and ate it. Just ate it. Ate it. I've seen. I've seen people. I say people. Um, I refer to a famous Italian chef eat a ball of mozzarella like it was an apple. Mm. not an avocado though he was like it's delicious and just starts biting into it I was like that's a whole ball of mozzarella it's at least 250 grams there just ate the whole thing like it was a piece of fruit delicious. I mean why not delicious so can you tell me a bit more about your book Stirring Slowly yes it's kind of a bit I guess what I was just saying just then it, it's it's the idea that it's the, that cooking itself should be good for you. So it came at a time when I was going through a bit of a rough time and I spent a lot of time at home. And at that moment in time, a few years ago, there were all these clean eating books. And I just think the pressure of clean eating and this sort of slightly faddy way was, I just thought it's ridiculous actually. You know, like I'm, here's me and you know, I sort of know about food a bit and this is what I'm cooking and this is real. And actually we've sort of lost perspective on what eating and cooking is about you know whether it takes five minutes or five hours it should be enjoyable and you shouldn't berate yourself for what you're about to make you know whether it's something like an omelette or you want to go and make like a mac and cheese at the end of the day eat what you want but just enjoy the process I think a lot of people when they find out what I do for a living they're like oh I just love cooking I find it really relaxing making a risotto that comes up a lot um and then they tell you what they hate as well but I just thought, hold on, there's something in that. There has to be something in that because, you know, everyone's focusing on cutting things out and that's sort of losing the whole joy of cooking and and sharing, I think, and family. So it's about celebrating the act of cooking as opposed to, you know, uh, giving yourself a hard time and counting calories. Awesome. So the book's on sale now? It is on sale now, yes, Where it is. Where can you get it? Uh, good bookshops, online Amazon, yeah, Waterstones, Oliver Bonas, places like that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Similar to mine. I was going to say, I've definitely seen yours in the same uh, shelf as mine. I, I think our books are really similar. I think they're really accessible. Um, and the recipes are just, people say they look at my recipes and your recipes and they're just really inviting. So I think we're in a good place. I mean, I did do all the food styling myself. I'm really impressed, can <laughs> I just say. I think we could definitely discuss tips on there. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for coming oh, in today. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute treat. Thank, Thank you, you so much. That's all for this week. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at deliciouslystella or you can drop me an email at deliciouslystella at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
time.